Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. We weren't created in the image and likeness of sin. Yeah. We were created in the image and likeness of goodness, of pure light, of the most divine love that's ever been. And that is your core nature, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. That's the purest essence of the heart. Hi, beautiful people. Today we are talking to Krista Black Gifford. She is a popular author, speaker, songwriter, and spiritual embodiment teacher, helping millions around the world to practically experience spirituality inside their humanity, using somatic methods and ancient practices to move truth into the cellular level of the body. Krista is certified in non-linear movement method, intimacy and attraction workshop, yoga, and she currently currently leads a six-month program called the Women's Circle. Hi, babe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so to be a frank, we've already been talking for like 20 minutes. Um, have. Yeah. And I, I basically just want to present this conversation to all of you. This is going to piggyback off of the video that I just put out on Monday about trusting yourself. Um, I wanted to address fully that we've been taught the heart is deceitful above all things. And also the flesh is unholy, that it will lead you astray, that we have an inherent sin nature. I want Krista to blow all of these untruths out of the water and explain to you her amazing perspective on embodiment. (laughs) where do I begin? I know. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, let's just start with that scripture. The heart is deceitful because that was the main scripture that people wanted to hold up in my face. When I started my master heart course years ago, um, and my book was called heart made whole. And it's so interesting, you know, you can really take any scripture and make any kind of case that you'd like against anyone and anything. Mm -hmm. And people usually don't want to read on in that scripture. The heart is deceitful above all things, hopelessly dark. Who can understand it? But then there's this, but it's like, but God, but I, God. And if you go into scripture, what God does in first Samuel, God actually looks at the heart, not the outward appearance like man does. God goes into the essence, the core. So yes, our, um, our heart without the lens of truth can be really, really dangerous. My heart with the encrusted trauma of my past of some, you know, sexual violation, 
of control of, you know, I was raised in purity culture and it was damaging to my sexual body. It shut down my sweet little sacral space for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if I had listened through that lens of trauma without going into the source, then that could have let me down a lot. And it did. It led me down a lot of paths that were very painful. And this is why you have to keep going back into your truest essence. Because no matter what you believe, if you go to scripture and you look at the way that we were crafted and created, number one, we weren't created in the image and likeness of sin. Yeah. We were created in the image and likeness of goodness, of pure light of the most divine love that's ever been. And that is your core nature, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, that's the purest essence of the heart. So the heart is the intersection even in the body. I love the chakras. I teach the chakras in my women's circle and that word freaks people out because they're like, oh my gosh, what does that even mean? Okay, just for a second, Take note the next time that you get stressed out, just feel what closes up in your body. And you'll probably feel your gut get tense. So that's your solar plexus. That's where your adrenals. Now your chakras actually align with certain glandular systems of the body. Remember how I talked about before we got on, I love how spirituality is being proved. Mysticism is being proved by science now. So we can go, oh, you, you call them chakras, but really it's aligning with the adrenals and with the thymus gland and with the, you know, the throat chakra is your thyroid and your pituitary, all of these glands. So when you start to freak out, notice that your throat gets tight. Notice that all the energy sucks into your adrenal glands and you get this ball in the center of your gut. Notice what happens physically. You know, we're talking about embodiment. You've got to be able to feel the physiological differences of when you're in gratitude and when you're in chaos, right? Because they're different. So as we embody all of this stress and chaos, if we begin to filter, if we try to filter our heart, our heart space through that, we're going to be deceived. So the flesh, okay, you talked about the flesh. That's something else you talked about. The flesh is just the ego. It's the lower mind. It's the lower consciousness. So you are human and divine. We're all human. We're all divine. We have this spirit, this divinity inside of us, this light on the inside of us. And our ego nature is not bad. So for instance, we, you know, we talked about this earlier, this, what's his name? Dale Partridge. Yeah. Dale Partridge. <laughs> now is he the is he the pastor that you put the video on about talking how women are more deceived than men? Yes. yes okay. Yes. <laughs> oh bless. Bless. Okay. Oh bless. Oh, no, we bless. were talking about how I I'm a justice person. You're I justice. look at people and I'm like, you are hurting people in the following ways. I'm calling it out. And Krista is there in the aftermath of whatever <laughs> awakening might occur if I actually can have an effect on these people, which is my goal. I'm not just out to slaughter them. Like I do want healing for people because hurting people hurt people. Yes. And these like 
the main thing that I noticed is just the manipulation that we've all been subjected to in our indoctrination. And I keep reiterating that a lot of the people that taught us these messages were never out to hurt us. Like I had, I had really lovely, good hearted pastors and they were suffering from the same indoctrination. Like I've, I've met up with my old youth pastor who was so cruel to me she was Russian so she was just like really brutal and told it like it was through the lens of purity like imagine how brutal that would be oh gosh Um, and she's apologized to me since like over the last couple years and she was like I didn't know what I was doing but it's really because you know these two verses keep getting taken out of context so Mm. you know we don't have to argue the history of how that happened but if you really do look at it it's true. It's like God is not saying that your innate desires are bad, but but how do you discern what is the enemy and what's the devil creeping in versus what is a God-given desire in your heart, especially if it seems or appears to con- like contradict with what your pastor or your husband is telling you? Well, I think that most of us were taught and and this is the this goes back to the if you believe i i don't know i'm i'm not going to say i think i think that there's a lot of mythology in scripture especially in genesis okay yeah. i'm not saying adam and eve, and eve are literal i don't know okay so whatever it is but the enmity be, was between the feminine and the snake and so what is the feminine embodiment of the Trinity? You know, that was my big thing, kind of moving even into the divine feminine was, I was like, wait a second. I look up at Jesus and I see a a man. And then I look at a father and I see a man. And then I see a dove and a ghost. But where, where am I in the, where's my essence in the Godhead? And if you, you know, search into kind of the pronouns in the Hebrew, which I am not a Hebrew scholar, good Lord, it's just so layered and so complicated, (laughs) but there's so many feminine attributes of this, the spirit. And what is the one thing that the patriarchal system has been so afraid of? They've been afraid of the spirit because Jesus said, it's the spirit that leads you and guides you into all truth. And that's an internal heart relationship between you and a source guide that lives on the inside of you, the patriarchal system. And here's the word and here's the scripture. Now I am not saying negate the word in the scripture, but the printing press wasn't even invented until the 1400s. So we're talking about, we're talking about centuries of oral tradition. And then finally it's being, you know, written down orally and passed down and then only the elite could read it and then you get into Constantine and the Council of Nicaea and all the politics that went into how they chose the books that you know of course Mary she's out forget this whole apostle that was closest to Jesus and that I mean I love the book of Mary because Jesus the apostles come to her and they go tell us the things that the master taught you that he didn't teach us. And it was all about these seven interior layers of the soul to get to the kingdom within. So the clues that Jesus gave the feminine, Mary, who was deemed the apostle of the apostles, it was actually, I believe it was the layers of the ego. 
So here's what we're talking about here. We're talking about embodiment. We're talking about the heart. The essence of the heart is where spirit resides. It's your, it's your absolute compass for truth. But in a really painful world, you have these incrustations that build on top of that truest essence. Like you have a newborn baby. You're talking pure light, yep. pure source energy. And then your baby encounters a world where chaos and pain and loud sounds and terror and your brain imprints onto him in the first 18 months of life. So the way that you think and print, I mean, we've got all of our humanity mixing in and our ego has to form to help us survive life. This is our personality. This is the flesh, right? This is what forms on top of our light. So what is so hard about saying you can't trust yourself is they go, the patriarchal system goes, no, 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 don't get to that light inside of your heart. Only trust this scripture. Only trust what we tell you to do. And it becomes this indoctrination of these external ways of living as opposed to getting back to the spirit that lives in the heart that leads and guides you into all truth that you can trust no matter what. Right. 100%. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's, it takes, this is a lifetime of practice, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've talked so much about how religion has been founded. The foundation of it for so many of us is fear. Yeah. I was really indoctrinated into fear before I was 12 years old and went to an evangelical church. I wasn't afraid of my body, my sexuality, my heart. I was intuitively going through the world and I definitely mm -hmm. could have needed guidance. I would have loved to right. have met a person like <laughs> you at that time to actually teach me how to navigate and not react out of pain. But it's, it's exactly true. Like to me, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear, fear. because every single evil deed springs from fear. I think mm -hmm. there's nothing more demonic or, or satanic truly than that. And even the word Satan, that word means the divider. So mm -hmm. that fear causes division. And suddenly if you have these like inverted interpretations of the heart is deceitful, your flesh is evil, then what are you doing? You're dividing your spirit and your heart and your like true essence from you know, the way you're moving through the world, that's division. And then you're dividing your sexuality from your spirituality division. This is not the way it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. That to me is what the, the goal of embodiment is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think that, you know, you do, it's, it's like saying, oh, you can just trust everything you feel. Well, no, we didn't just say that because we have layers of the ego that you can't trust. Let's get into layers. that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, someone could hear a conversation like this and be like, great ladies, sounds wonderful, but how do I actually know that I can trust this? Especially when, you know, we do have crazy desires and I yeah. keep trying to tell people that just because I'm sex positive does not at all mean do whatever you want. As a matter of fact, I say the exact opposite. I was very promiscuous. I was hookup culture 100%. And there's, there's so much darkness and sadness in that. I don't mm -hmm. deny that at all. So it's not about following your whims, but then what is it about? What do you follow? So here's kind of how I see it. This is a great question. Okay. So if you, and I teach my women in my women's circle, 
You are not becoming something that you aren't. You're remembering who you truly are. Mm. And that takes the pressure off because it's not like I've got to get free. I've got to become whole. I'm so, no, these incrustation layers of the ego and the personality that remember they had to develop to help you survive. So they're not bad. I get really, um, remember, I'm super compassionate for the people who are the abusers and the narcissists and the, and there's all these labels on people right now. And they're all wounded people doing the best they can with their incrustations of ego layers on top of them. Now here's the work that I do and that I encourage people to do is whatever layer that you're on. And like the book of Mary, she talks about the seven layers of the interior castle to get to the kingdom within. When you're on a certain layer, so let's just use my 20s for an example. So, <laughs> <laughs> me too. My me lovely too. Twi- so much grace. So much grace. If I'm you're like in that, your 20s, that cute little idiot. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. And I just thought I knew. I was so prideful. It's like, I know everything. And if you're in your 20s, just have grace for yourself, you know, and have grace for other people. That's what I tell my 20s. Just, I've got grace for you. But I look back on these layers that I was in, these layers and their levels of consciousness, okay? So your consciousness has certain, there's a frequency attached to it. This is Dr. David Hawkins. Emotions have a frequency attached to it. You can study that. But my consciousness at that point vibrated. I oscillated because remember we're a chemical being. So as I have certain thoughts, they turn into chemical responses in my body that have a vibrational frequency attached to it. So I would oscillate and walk around the world and vibrate at a certain frequency. Now, and I told you, I love quantum physics, you know, like attracts like. So if I'm vibrating at the frequency, the low level consciousness of shame, Mm. which is at a 20, it's 20. So if in the map of consciousness, it's zero to a thousand, a thousand, 700 to a thousand is Christ consciousness. It's the masters. It's, you've got forgiveness and love, everything up there, but shame is where most Christians oscillate, vibrate, their consciousness lives. And it is literally the lowest rung on the map of consciousness. You vibrated a 20. So what happens is If I'm staying there and my worldview is in that ego layer of consciousness of shame, 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 I will actually attract and bring in things that will reinforce that worldview. If I live in constant, why is it the people who are living in constant anxiety seem to be the ones that have the most things to be anxious about? Yeah. Like there are people that I've, that I know that they constantly are robbed or they constantly have there. There's something that's constantly going wrong because when you are oscillating and vibrating in a certain consciousness level, it's not that God is bad. The universe is for you. Everything is unfolding goodness and mercy, but God gave us free will. The spirits in you it's there, but we formulated these layers and we're trying to break through those layers to get back to the light. So when, you know, when I would vibrate at the consciousness level of shame, for sure, 
And I would bring in, I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? Why do people, or, or let's say rejection, because re rejection was this huge pattern theme in my life. People would love me, they'd adore me, and then they'd leave me. And I sat down with one of my spiritual teachers at one point, and I was like, why does this keep happening to me? You know, this victim loop that just went over and over. Why? And I had embodied the victim. Everybody else was doing this to me. I have no personal responsibility for my thoughts and my actions. And he looked at me and he said, well, it looks like the only common denominator in the equation is you. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh right. And it was the greatest thing, anybody. It was you and love being like, here's the truth, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's the truth. You are the common denominator of this cycle happening in your life. Well, what's so, the, sorry, what's the difference between that acknowledging where you've went wrong versus taking on more shame by thinking that's a victim blaming statement? So there are major, four major archetypal energies that everybody has. And you can study this. This is Carolyn Mace and her archetypal work. Archetypes are uh, like if you, if I say, oh, they're a diva, I don't have to explain what a diva is. That's an archetypal energy that that person's in. Some people call it morphogenic fields. So if you have an archetypal, everybody has an archetypal energy, a victim, a prostitute, an inner child, and a saboteur. We all have those. And they can either operate in the shadow aspect, in the ego, or they can operate in the light. So for instance, my victim, when I operated in the victim energy of it's everybody else's fault and everybody's doing this to me, I could not get to the light inside of my heart to help break through that cycle and that layer, which was generational, by the way. Some of the things that people deal with, they're not just your issues, they're generational. And we're trying as a species to evolve. So as I held on to that victim archetypal energy in my ego, I couldn't let the light into it to, to break it up, to see the truth and elevate that. And this is my motto and pisses people off. Nothing happens to me. Everything happens for me. Nothing happens to me. If this is here, what is it here to teach me? If this is here, how is it here to help me grow? If this is here, how is it here to help me love deeper? How is it here to help me forgive deeper? And that mantra helped me break through that crustacean of my ego on top of my heart that kept me in this repetitive loop of where I would continue to be victimized. So when I let the light in, it broke up that layer and I don't have that issue anymore. I don't, it's not a pattern in my life because I let myself be in that layer. And this is where, you know, I'm always the advocate for having grace for people's layers because if I demonize myself in that layer in my twenties, like we do, like we're in a different layer and we look at people in their layer and we're like, you're so bad for being in your layer they're not bad. They're just wounded and they're really unconscious in their layer. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so as we go, all right, I have grace for my layer. I have grace for your layer, but that doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't say social justice and advocacy is wrong. It just has to be done with grace because when grace comes, it actually loosens up 
it actually helps loosen up whatever ego layer they're in where they're able to receive what you have to say. So all of this is about letting the light into these layers of the ego and the personality that's formed to get to the truth. Now, am I at the center of my being all the time where I'm living in oneness with source and spirit? No, I have three small children. I lose my mind so many times, right? But it's the willingness and the practices. Like that's what, you know, we were talking about earlier. I, I, it makes me sad, these devotional practices that I did have before my deconstruction. I've had to rehabilitate because they're beneficial for me to have a gratitude practice. You know, just because I'm not worshiping anymore, because I don't like a lot of the songs, I've got to have some sort of practice to getting into the light, to bring it into those ego layers. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. I had this really beautiful revelation recently, just considering Jesus and his love that he gave freely, willingly to the very end when he asked that God have mercy on the souls of the people that were literally killing him. Right. And that is the most profound example of love. And I think as human beings, I know dissenting comments I will receive from that is, you know, if someone does a grave injustice to you, you're really saying we're just supposed to let ourselves get walked all over and you're just mm -hmm. supposed to turn the other cheek. And, and it's kind of like a posture of weakness that people think it is. But in reality, love is the greatest strength. And Jesus didn't go to the cross and forgive them out of weakness. Mm -hmm. Turning the other cheek is not has nothing to do with weakness. It's all about like it's like if we're on a scale of polarity, Jesus is the whitest light polarity. My baby is the whitest light polarity. Yes. And as soon as things begin getting introduced to my baby, for example, as soon as he gets in, introduced to fear, he has his first nightmare, a dog barks at him and scares him for the first time, mm -hmm. then things layer on top of that. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden he's scared of dogs every time he sees them and he can't, you know, just process that he's going to be okay. And he starts moving through the world in these not weaker ways, but just Human. You know, yeah, becoming human. more and more human. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I believe our responsibility as parents, for example, is to keep our children in as white light polarity as possible, which means mm -hmm. as, as little fear as possible. But again, that's not about irresponsibility. That's not saying mm -hmm. go down the alleyway in the dark, like you'll be fine. It's, you're still awake, you're still alive, but what you're doing is receiving and and understanding that love and grace and forgiveness for yourself, turning the other cheek on the things that you've done wrong to your own body, to your own circle of people, like yeah. true repentance is acknowledging what's been done, holding people accountable for what's been done, yourself included. But then if you go into shame and fear, you get onto like the dark polarity closer right. to where people are hurting people, like hurting people hurt people. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say if you had an abusive household, you're staying there and right. you're allowing no. that to continue. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Boundaries are very mm -hmm. important inside of loving yourself. Loving yeah. you and loving
loving somebody else. And that's the thing I think, and I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm totally, I'm really curious how you would address almost all of that, which is like, if turning the other cheek, why is that not weak? Loving and forgiving people and seeing their weakness, having grace for yours. Like, how is that strength at the end of the day? And how does that how can you protect yourself in a life where things are so dangerous to you spiritually and emotionally and sometimes physically? Well, a few thoughts. Um, Number one, so inside of darkness, remember the darkness was the primordial waters that were hovering before light was created. And the darkness is actually the feminine aspect. The darkness is formless. The darkness is, you know, we've really demonized the woman and the feminine and the feminine. If you look at our physical expression of the feminine in nature, it's the mother earth, right? It's this beautiful representation that life doesn't come unless there's death. You know, winter's not freaking out that the leaves fall off the trees because winter knows the, the feminine knows there has to be death and without death, there is no new life. And when the light, the let there be light, that's the masculine. If you look at the anatomy, the penis, the bing, you know, it's always the masculine is forceful. It's thrusting. It's the patriarchal has always been about glory to glory to glory to glory. And let's grow and let's move. And the feminine is all about, but wait, let's die for what needs to die. Look at our cycles. I mean, I teach women how to bleed consciously every month there's an egg, there's a possibility that's in me that does not get fertilized. And death, that blood has to be shed for new life to possibly form again next month. And we demonize our bodies for going into the death. I mean, I teach, I'm, I'm, I started today. I love my bleed. I love, I do my moon rituals outside and I'm like <laughs> with God and I'm letting things go and die because I'm embodying the aspect of death of the feminine. So with forgiveness, what forgiveness does forgiveness, you know, I don't know who said this. It's a famous quote, but unforgiveness is like taking poison yourself, refusing to forgive is taking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Mm -hmm. So what forgiveness does is forgiveness sets the oppressed free. Forgiveness sets me free. So Jesus on the cross and you have to, people, they, they don't like this. They don't like Jesus's humanity. I'm obsessed with Jesus's humanity because everybody, I don't know. I think I was just taught he was perfect and he never grew. And scripture is very clear. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew, which means he had to fail. He did not, he's a carpenter, you know, son, he didn't make a a table perfectly every time. Like Jesus had a sexual body that maybe had a morning reaction like men do. I mean, you know, he was so human and he grew in his wisdom and stature. And so I believe that his final, his final moment of the cross of father, forgive them because they're unconscious. I don't think he would have said that years before. Wow. He grew. And if you look at the elevation of his consciousness, even throughout his ministry, he was growing in his consciousness, growing in his consciousness where his last breath was, wait a second, they're all unconscious, which means I can't hold them responsible for what they did. And the 
final act of my last breath is coming into alignment with that truth because in this moment, I am free. You become completely free when you let go of the people that have done terrible things to you. They were in their most conscious state. And a lot of the times it was really low conscious behavior. And it sets you free. It does not excuse it. Yes, put up boundaries. I tell women, leave abusive relationships all the time. And, and here, that goes back to this scripture. What's the number one scripture that, you know, when the disciples are like, okay, talk to us. What's number one of all this stuff you're telling us? And he was like, okay, it's love God with your heart. Oh, the heart's bad. Nope. First commandment, love God with your heart. Mm. soul, mind, and then strength. And then the second is like unto it. And if you look at the Hebrew there, that word is, you know, the second is like unto it means the second is of equal value to. So what he was saying is what I'm about to tell you right now is exactly the same as the first thing. It's not this. And then this, the second is love your neighbor as you love who your Yourself. Yourself. And this goes back to the heart and back into your union with spirit, back into this divinity where you are so loved because you're a child of the creator of the most high. And as you cultivate that self-love, not narcissism, not egoic layer of I'm better, but I am a child of God and so are you. Then you're able to love people as you've been loved. So your bucket's full. Like we can't love people if we hate parts of ourselves. You Mm -hmm. give away whatever it is that you hold. So it's hard to forgive other people for what they've Mm -hmm. done to you if you're holding on to any unforgiveness of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that goes back into you cultivating. I will step into the truth. I will have these devotional practices of aligning myself with, of the truth that I am loved. I am forgiven in this moment. I am one with you and I'm going to wash my internal ego and all these crustacean layers that are forming on a daily basis in this stuff. And that way I'm able to see other people clearly because we see people through our lens. And when our lens isn't clear, we can't see clearly. Beautifully said. I love, <laughs> it's beautiful. That's, I, that's my take on forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to get into gratitude because you were talking about how a lot of us that went through deconstruction did lose our practice of gratitude because yeah. it used to be pressure and fear, but I was still in church every Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday in the practice of putting my hands in the air and worshiping God. And most often, even though I hated the music, I really hate, (laughs) I don't know, white boys with guitars. I have a really hard time. God, God bless all of them. It's not my thing. It's just not your thing. (laughs) No. I'm like, John Mayer, shut up. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But, um, so the music itself didn't resonate with me, but the idea of putting my hands up and worshiping 
you know, I'd never had a drop of alcohol at the time, but I would feel drunk in the spirit. As they say, yeah. it would feel like I drank a bottle of wine and I still yeah. have that experience when I do it today. I started yeah. switching it out with secular love songs that resonated yeah. because it point being, I think a lot of us in deconstruction, it leaves a gap there because now you're no longer with your community. You're no longer in this present state of worship for an hour before a service. Mm -hmm. So how do we cultivate and create a new practice of gratitude when Mm -hmm. the church doesn't feel like a safe space for us anymore? You know, that has been something I've really, really like prayed and cried out about because I miss more than anything, that corporate feeling where when you get together, and it's so funny because we used to say really sweet things that we didn't understand. We'd say things like, and I would say, oh my gosh, God showed up as if God wasn't already in the embodiment of every cell of our being, right? Right. Like, oh, this thing that wasn't there, we sang good enough. And we're like the 450 prophets of Baal. (laughs) And we're like falling down from the sky and you came, yay. You know, like we said really sweet things back then, sweet things. But what I love, you know, I believe that science proves mysticism and I love HeartMath Institute and the HeartMath Institute is doing all of this, um, this scientific research to be able to study what happens with the frequency of the heart, you know, when it goes into gratitude. So like I said Mm -hmm. earlier, if your heart holds gratitude, one of four elevated emotional states, gratitude, appreciation, care, or compassion for just 90 seconds and not a mental thing, but a physical thing. It sends this signal to your brain through the vagus nerve, because that's how your heart communicates with your brain and your heart. It has 60 times more amplitude than your brain. It's so powerful when it measures out of your body. So when you're holding these elevated emotional states, it sends the signal to your brain and then your brain, it literally releases like, I can't remember if it's 12 or 1300 different chemical cocktails that flood your body, like oxytocin, all of these healing, life-giving. So a cheerful heart really is good medicine because the vitality it brings in your body. So when you said, I felt drunk in the spirit or drunk with life, your physical body really was. Like your blood change, the chemical compounds of your body and your blood change. Now here's where it gets really interesting and where I've like cried out to God and go, how do we fix this? Because when you are in rooms of people, right? Or three or more are gathered. There I am also. Okay. Two or more are gathered. And then a cord of three strands is not, you know, there's all of these allusions to like gatherings. So When you are in proximity with people and your heart begins to oscillate, it's called a coherent state. So in coherent states, your heart, like say you go into anxiety and you're like, oh my gosh, coronavirus, we're all going to die. And your heart will start beating in an erratic way. And the wave looks like a little choppy. It looks like the audio file that we're recording here, right? And it's incoherent. Now that state, that heart if somebody's in your morphogenic field or your bio field that radiates out of your body from your heart, their brain picks it up. So don't tell me you can't 
tell when your dad, your mom, your friend hates you or is in chaos or fear or is bitter because your brain in an unconscious state picks up the incoherent heart state that they're in. Now, on the opposite side, you also pick up whoever has the strongest heartbeat in the room in a coherent state. Now, a coherent wave, it's like the top of the wave matches the bottom and it's so strong. These waves are so strong. So when somebody's in a coherent mind-body connection, this is embodiment, I'm embodying the truth that sets me free. I'm binding, I'm binding my mind to the mind of Christ, right? All of these scriptures that we were taught. When we have that embodiment of the truth, that frequency, especially if you're in a room full of people, can actually be measured for miles. So when a collective church is all together going, we're going to oscillate and vibrate at the frequency of gratitude, it affects the whole neighborhood. It affects your physiology, you know, and you hear these stories about like, oh, wow, this one person moved into a really tough neighborhood and they, they had such high consciousness and they oscillated in the frequency of love and forgiveness so much that the crime started to go down. It is, they're able to like scientifically show why that is happening now. So it's so powerful. So this is why I miss corporate corporate gatherings and my, my women's circle, what we do is we, we meditate together. We gather together. We have these collective things together because it doesn't matter if we're all over the world. We're uniting in this field together and we're spreading out the opposite of the fear that's happening right now. And science is proving that that does something. Now, this is where I don't know about you, but I would feel such guilt if I didn't get up and have my quiet time. And it was like, I'm not, I didn't have my quiet time. I haven't worshiped all week. And what it was pitched as is that God would be disappointed, right? It was like, you're letting the Supreme being down. Who's not here. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so you've got to do something to get God here. But I propose that Worship and meditation and these devotional practices of gratitude are not for God, they're for us. Mm -hmm. Because it's us stepping into our divinity and going, I will access the truth that's already within me. And I will choose to take my fear and my ego and all these lower, lower levels of thought that I have that lead to crap in my life. And I will align myself with the truth that sets me free. And a lot of the work that I do is kind of studying these practices that move the body. I do this thing with my women called body prayers. And we move our body, we bypass our conscious mind, and we move so that spirit rolls through us and people get healed and things happen and they see things. And I mean, it's just, it's so fun, but it's not because God's going to be pissed at me. It's that I am a mini God. Jesus said it. It's interesting. It's in Psalms and it's, and Jesus talks about it where he was like, did the Psalms not say you're all lowercase G O D you're lowercase. I'm not the ultimate, but we're little gods. We're many gods in the image and likeness of God. We're children of God. So as the God of my universe, my consciousness, my body, I get to choose 
who I align with. And I either get to align with the fear and the chaos and the hatred and the bitterness and the victim, or I can practice realigning. Metanoia, you said repentance. Metanoia is the, the Greek word for repentance. It actually means to rethink. So it's not flog yourself, flog yourself, repent. It goes, wait a second. If I am thinking in this way of hatred towards my body and my sexuality, and it's producing all this darkness in me, I'm going to repent. I'm going to rethink that. And I will align it back to the highest way of truth, where then those chemical cocktails can flood my body and I feel drunk, right? Mm -hmm. I feel good. My, physio my physiology changes because I'm aligning with truth. This is also beautiful because I. I've thought a lot about The Secret, that book, yeah. in the yeah. context of everything that you're talking about. And um, it, that really didn't resonate with me. I saw a lot of focus on material things. Like I noticed people in my life were like, uh, so it's the Maserati. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. If you really look at what you're saying though, it's not that like, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. It's just crazy because it's, that, it's this vibration. If you go into a room or a party, let's say, or whenever those get to happen again, <laughs> please soon, <laughs> go into a party in 2025 or whatever, and uh, hopefully sooner. But you know, like if someone is radiating, um, like you're talking about those uh, inconsistent heartbeats of shame, fear, anxiety. Yes you do have a reaction to it. Like I, I'm very intuitive to people's emotions and what they're feeling. And that makes me want to run away. Like I want to hug them. I want to bring them in. I want them to be better and feel better. But if it's a, an allotted amount of time and I want to have a good night, I'm just like, Ooh, it drains. It's yeah. Draining. Like, you're kind of yeah. like, get that away from me. And then you're drawn to the person that is in the love and light. That's in yeah. a state of calm. And if you think about that, that would imply that really beautiful things come unto you and are brought into your life and beautiful connections with people that are more awake, alive, will just get drawn to you naturally yes. because people vibrating at that level whose hearts are at this steady pace need to and want to surround themselves by like-minded people. Yes. You know, the Jesus talks about how you shouldn't be unevenly yoked. And we've yep. been taught that that means you can't date a non-Christian. That's not <laughs> what that means. What that means is don't be unevenly yoked. Me and my partner, he doesn't, you know, know how he feels about Jesus. We talk about it often and it really doesn't matter because we vibrate at the same level and he yeah. brings me up so high. He keeps mm -hmm. me so accountable. He keeps me so mm -hmm. light that he is on that level, regardless mm -hmm. of the terminology he uses. So yeah, a lot of us get stuck in these spaces where we're felt forced to, to be with people in spaces that don't resonate with the level we want to be on just because yeah. they're using the right words. And here's the thing about that. It's interesting. So Jesus, I guarantee you, you know, there were people who tried to buy their way into the group. There were people who wanted to be more than the 12. Like he had 12 people that were guarding his energy mm. and he did that. And then even with them, he'd go, bye, see ya, gotta go. <laughs> got to go be alone. I've got to go realign my energetic state with that of father. 
because I, I've got, I'm human. I have to recharge. And so this idea, especially with people in ministry that you should just have everybody around you constantly all the time. Like there, Jesus was the mastery of, of boundaries of love. He had boundaries of love to protect him so that when he was with the people who, you know, they call vampire energy now, which are just wounded people that are sucking your energy away. It's not that you're a bad person that you're sucking my energy. It's just that I have to actually have something in my tank that is protecting me when I get around you so that you don't suck me dry. Now that takes training and years. And, you know, so it goes into this embodiment in the moment of trusting yourself of being led by spirit and going this person really brings me down as a close yoked friend i mean so many of my mm. friendships had to change when i chose to blow up well my husband chose to blow up our lives he he's so great he's a <laughs> rebel he left me he's like let's go let me go off on my dark night of the soul which forced me to wake up mm. but when we like really had to confront those deep levels of our ego and our like sacred wounds and our pains we laugh about it now because we're like our lives are a little bit boring because we're not addicted to the drama and we're not oscillating in that constant drama where it doesn't find us much. And if it does, it's because it's there because we have the solution to help smooth it out and, and change it, you know? So and let me just say something to the secret really quickly. You know, these, these universal principles are in all different religions. They work because the creator that created us all made the universe work with certain systems and orders. And you can either call it the law of sowing and reaping, right? You reap what you sow. So you are going to bring in what it is that you put out or out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, Mm. and then something will come in to match that, right? So it's really heartbreaking, but the children that are um, that have been abused in the home, those are the ones that usually the pedophiles find inside of the daycare without knowing that, right? Because they're, they're, they have this field around them and it's invisible, but like is attracting like. And that oh. is what salvation is. It wakes you up to break those cycles that have maybe been in your generational line for forever. I had cycles that constantly... I was bringing in because I had these thought patterns and the emotional patterns, but your brain is neuroplastic. You can change it. So the secret, when people would go, I'm going to operate in these principles to bring in my Maserati, it's going to work, but you're probably bringing it in an ego. Mm -hmm. And the stories of the people who just manifest an ego constantly, at some point, God loves you so much and you're going to bring in something that's going to blow up your life because God is committed to every layer that keeps you from being in perfect union with spirit, you know? So the secret works, but I always ask myself, am I manifesting, am I manifesting this, um, this rug and ego or am I manifesting it? Am I asking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think too, like a good lesson for me has been money because a lot of people in Corona obviously are really, really stressed out financially. And 
I feel so, so blessed because I had such a chaotic 20s and early 30s financially. Like my mom didn't do anything wrong in this, but she would often say like, why so much loss? Why do you keep experiencing loss after loss? I had a house burned down and I lost everything. And um, my partner actually brought it up to me at one point. I said something like, well, I've always suffered a lot of loss. And he was like, why are you referring it to it like that? He's like, did you not learn amazing lessons mm. through that? Did, did you not always have provision still? Didn't you always mm. have a roof over your head? Didn't you always have food? And you're like, okay, yeah. So then if it's not a loss and, and I really gained from it and I not only survived, but I grew, then mm. how can we count that as a loss? And when I started seeing it that way and removing myself from the emotional anxiety of money and like, I just wanted to divorce myself of that. If I get a parking ticket in LA, which is like $79. I know they're awful. It's excruciating. And if you're in a state of, of chaos already and you go to your car and you see that, yep. it just it's like, we're not saying that bad things never happen to good people. Like you still get the parking ticket. It just depends on where you're vibrating, how you're thinking about it. If I left my house in a state of gratitude and trust in God, and I see the parking ticket now I'm no better than anyone else, but I'm just like, okay, it'll be interesting to see how God provides for this yeah, because yes. I don't know where it's coming from. And then I open myself up and I'm like, all right, let's see this provision, not even as a challenge, but just because I have proof throughout my entire life that every single time yes, it works out and, and, and I choose your, to reside that way. You're opening yourself up to letting mm. God take care of you and for that abundance. But when you clamp down, you know, this is embodiment we contract, we, 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 you just had a baby. The contraction is when you clamp down, right? And then the expansion is when your body opens up. So what we usually do is we contract around the fear and we hold it in our body and it gets stuck in our fascia and our muscles. And then we walk around as this literal ball of <laughs> contracted in our muscles, right? And our body, it leads to disease in the body. It leads to health issues. You know, I think it was Carolyn, what was her name? Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She said 95% of disease in the body comes from toxic thinking because we're patterned to think about things that release these chemical responses in our body. So that's metanoia. That's your partner going, let me just bring you some truth to reframe it. You reframed it. You opened yourself up and now abundance can actually come to you. So that's the secret. That's the secret. Mm -hmm. Align yourself with the truth or, you know, we come from Christian culture, align yourself with the word. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> but there's wisdom in the truth. However, it comes, it could come through your non-Jesus following partner who's that is the highest truth that was just brought to you. So that's, that is that's what's Christ conscious. Yes, there it is. Yeah. That's what he's walking in, whether or not he knows it. No. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I'm semantics. huge on realizing the semantics that people use. Yeah. And I think your, your practice, your ministry is so much about breaking free of semantics, yes. like embodiment, allowing, it's just so crazy. The inversion of, of faith we've been taught I the know. fact that 
dancing was considered a sin and vilified. It's like how, you know, when I say demonic, I mean, just like how dark polarity is that? Like we were lied to and told don't move your body because for whatever reason, there is a darkness in the world that doesn't want us to like reach for the light. And when we do move our bodies and we do practice that, the freedom that you can experience. I know. And everything you're talking about, like honoring the heart and these practices of vibration, like all of these trigger words that Christians have. Trigger words. Vibration is a trigger word. Yoga is a trigger word. Yeah. (laughs) feelings feelings are a huge trigger word oh my gosh and I'm like what are we talking about you're demonizing me for because I accidentally slipped and said I feel I'm talking about my deep knowing my intuition my my truth you know it's just it's wild father forgive them unconscious (laughs) (laughs) and so am I show me where I am you know yes yeah well, I know you've got the babes and you have to go kiddos, at some point, the kiddos, but um, I don't know. This has been beautiful and so enriching. I and myself am vibrating much higher after this conversation. So thank you. Too. Yeah. Too. I hope good. everyone listening is feeling the same experience as well, but any closing thoughts for the God is great community? You know, I just, I'm so grateful for what you're doing for this beautiful community of people who have been forgotten, marginalized. Um, You know, so many people who listen to you, I know, um, are in the LGBTQ. Did I get it all right? Yeah. yeah. Everybody, I know. (laughs) Throw a plus Um, on the end. Yeah, right. A plus. (laughs) And I, I love that you are reaching out with the true love of Christ to all because all are included. Mm-hmm. And so um, find that light inside of you because it's already there. No matter what people have labeled you with and even our labels, you know, I, I definitely, I move away from even the labels of what all the semantics of the things I put on myself. I am this, I am that. I actually don't even say I'm a Christian anymore because that can mean so many things. And it opens me up to so much more. What does it mean to be a Christian? Like, what does it mean to have Christ in my bones? What does it mean to have the spirit living inside of me? So all of these labels and things like that. Yes, I'm a woman, but I want to open myself up even more to what does it mean to be a child of God or to be a, 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 a child of source. And, you know, so labels, I kind of start moving past a little bit just to go, even labels can box us in a little bit and kind of define what this actually means. And I think that spirit wants to move us into the fullness of our light and there's not really labels in that place. I don't even think we can say it with words. It'll be experiences that we have with the divine that'll change everything about the world we live in because it changes us. So beautiful, beautiful. All right. I love you, friend. (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity. I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful for the work that you do. And I'm just honored to be asked to no, be with you. Of course, vice versa. Um, would you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah. Um, 
I would just go to my Instagram at Krista and that's Christ with an A. Oh Oh, yeah. Mom and dad were preachers. (laughs) No K's here. Uh, Christ with an A, Krista Black, the color Gifford at Krista Black Gifford. And I have a website and pretty much through my Instagram, you can go to my link tree and see all the things I'm doing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. We love you all. God bless.